Welcome back to New Track Record Podcast. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney with you. It's finally here, Justin. We've made it through the IndyCar offseason. And not a lot of... Uh, I don't think we were ever really slugging through the uh, the offseason, like sometimes where there's just a void of anything to talk about. And sometimes that's a good thing. I think, unfortunately, IndyCar gave us just enough negativity to take us through the offseason. There's always something, yes. right? Whether it was the iRacing thing or the yeah. engine manufacturer future hybrid, yeah, all that mess. Leader circle chaos, yeah. right? It yeah, was, there's always something dumb. There's always something dumb. We used to say there was only always one, there was one big anvil per off season that was going to drop. I felt like this off season was a lot of smaller anvils falling as opposed to one big one. It, it For once, it didn't feel like one step forward, two steps back. It just it felt kind of even. It's it progress. Yeah, it's felt like a step forward, a step back, which I guess is progress for IndyCar. Is uh, is is staying staying put. And uh, look, I think for the first time in a long time, uh, I don't know about hype's the right word, but for this upcoming season, it feels wide open. It, it yeah. feels new. Um, the the increased marketing efforts, uh, the Scott McLaughlin ad is excellent. Yeah, I think we both agree. Um, and so those ads running in a lot of markets. We'll get to that a bit later on, but it just it feels like at least with the marketing efforts, there feels like a buzz. Plus, a hundred days to Indy coming up next uh, end of next month and late april so there are positive things on the horizon it's just can the on-track product draw in more eyeballs that's always the ultimate question that's always the goal and of of everything that indycar does and the teams is try to get more people to watch and win races yeah yes so it's time for our 2023 IndyCar season preview. If uh, see, we, we were off last week. I was on vacation in Colorado, survived skiing. Um, yes, you did. But if you you missed our episode before that, we I talked with Connor Daly leading up to the Daytona 500 before qualifying about his efforts, and he even mentioned he was excited about the marketing efforts that IndyCar is doing and reason to believe that he was onto something. I mean, that I'm very excited for. The ad that we've seen running, the fact that they're going to continue to run ads, um, just very positive stuff going into the season, and we'll see what becomes of it. But as of right now, everyone's doing great. We had a great off season. Yes. We hired new engineers. We hired new crew. Yep. But we got new sponsors. No yep. one had a bad off season. Let's go race. Exactly. That, that's one thing that you and I have both uh, been, uh, echo is is the the team preview stories. Uh, for casual fans, I get it, but. I don't read them. I just don't read them. Everybody's brimming with positivity. Everybody's going to have a great season. Look, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be some teams that have really good seasons. Other teams are going to have really crappy seasons. Other Some drivers are going to be really good. Others are going to be really bad. That's just the nature of the beast. I'm excited about seeing who's good and who's bad. Not necessarily everybody saying why they're going to be better than last year. Yeah, everyone hired new engineers. Everyone yes. hired new crew. <laughs> Everyone and, and every hire they changes. made, yeah, every change they made was better than what they had. Yes, right. Yes, absolutely. Because so, it's not like they've ever made changes in a prior off season, but somehow this is the year that everything's different. And finally, and this is the thing: like even we didn't even get too much out of the test at thermal. Like with Formula One, with the test, you came out of it and said, "Wow, McLaren's in trouble." And even McLaren yeah. came out of it, and Zach Brown yeah. was like, "Uh, yeah, our our off season upgrades aren't very good. We have more upgrades coming." 
So at least you got some sense at the at the test for Formula One that okay, Red Bull is Red Bull, Ferrari and and Mercedes. Mercedes maybe looks a little bit better. At least they're not porpoising all over the place. Um, there's some really excitement about some midfielders and McLaren struggling, but we really didn't get those storylines out of thermal for IndyCar. We still have a lot of questions about pretty much every team on the grid. And we'll finally start to get answers to those questions this weekend. Well, I think the other thing is thermal was a clean slate for literally everyone, uh, there as far as driving an IndyCar, because the, (laughs) I think the only person probably driven an IndyCar there, and it was never at full song, would have been Stefan Wilson, right? With the, the Cusick connection. So that was a clean slate. So it's like, do we take a lot into the fact that Augustine Canapino had a, a, an excellent test, all things considered, or not? You know, that, that's that's kind of thing. Or do we take a lot into the fact that Ray Hall kind of struggled? Does it matter? No, because it's not a track they race at. And it's yeah. even more different from Sebring. Because Sebring, they test there every offseason. Right. Yeah. This is so, brand new. Yeah, so you took what you could get, and even the, the the teams and drivers even said it is it's very dangerous to take anything out of times and speeds at thermal because, as you said, it's it's a clean slate. You can't compare it to anything currently on the schedule, and you've never been there before, so you're not can't compare it from year to year. So at, at this point, I think we're going to f- find out a lot of of information this weekend on who's really ab- improved and who's not. All right. Well, with that, it's time for our 2023 IndyCar season predictions. Sure to be wrong. Because, Speak for yourself. Yeah. I, I think last year, I'm pretty sure I picked Joseph Newgarden to win the 500. I think you did as well. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Penske's been a mess at the 500 since Penske bought the Speedway in the series. Go figure. Uh, I think I picked Pato Award to be the series champion. Moron. Uh, and, and he kind of struggled i mean compared to the previous year um so we'll see how it goes but uh we'll start things off i i guess with the the let's just go big or go home right let's start with series champion who you got is joseph newgarden really going to go four straight years finishing runner-up in the championship (laughs) (laughs) that's the real question because either you pick joseph newgarden or you don't here and i'm not going to pick joseph newgarden really no He's burned me one too many times. Um, I am going to go Alex Pillow. Okay. That's to a win good another pick. championship in his swan song with Ganassi. Despite everything behind the scenes last year was still very competitive. I, I think they put it together and he wins another championship. All right. He's so my pick. You're going with Pillow. Uh, I'm going to go with Joseph Newgarden. I just you don't would. believe he's going to finish second. Again. I mean, he's been so dominant the last handful of years winning races what has he won like 15 over the last like three years um that's a lot of race wins a lot of race not, wins and no championship not won a championship so i mean you look at what he's done the last couple of years second 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 uh so he's actually won 17 races the last three seasons 17 three races straight second place finishes um I, I just think he's the guy i i think he's it last year remember it was the iowa weekend that should have been a sweep that had the crash and then he actually had a you know an injury and was able to, to fight back from that still finish in second but i think this is the year he gets back on top and and wins his third indycar championship you would think he trends in the right direction and and finds a way to get above it but the problem with joseph newgarden is when he is is off he is really off 
and and that's the issue. And so he needs to find that consistency more. And we 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 tongue in cheek when you're at Barber to start the season a couple of years ago and you finish last, and people are asking points points questions after that race. Admittedly, we're not talking about it, but then at the end of the year, you start pointing those races out in which he finished 20th and worse, and those are what costs him the championship. So he just needs to be, when he's not at the uh, the pointy end of the standings at a race, to find a way to bring it home and, and get some top 10s as opposed to finishing 20th, 22nd, 24th. Well, and, and that's a, a great kind of transition to what we saw out of willpower last year. So only one race win, same as the 2021 season, but he had nine podiums. Uh, that was his highest amount of podiums. You got to go back to 2011 uh, when he finished second in the standings and obviously had a great year then, but he won six races that year. So uh, it just goes to show how important consistency is. And, that, and that's what power did all last year. He was just really consistent. Worst finish was 19th at Road America, and that wasn't his fault. That's when he was taken out. Uh, by what De Francesco yeah. early on, so mid pack at Indy, mid pack at Toronto, and that's basically it. And eleventh at Nashville was his only other poor, if you will, result. So he was just so consistent all last year, and I don't think we'll see a series champion this season win only one race. But it just goes to show how important it is to just bring the car home, get podiums, get top fives, get top tens. And Will Power used to be where Joseph Newgarden is right now in the sense that he couldn't bring it home when the car wasn't a top three, top five car. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's what separated the Darios and the Dixons from yeah. willpower in that area. Yeah. So Joseph Newgarden's done it before. He just, and sometimes it's out of his control, right? Contact mechanical, the whole team needs to be better. It's not just a Joseph Newgarden thing and also some luck as well to stay out of some trouble, but Joseph Newgarden needs to be better. That team needs to be better. Find a way to bring in home 8th instead of 18th. Come home ninth instead of 22nd. That is where this team is going to win a championship because you know the wins are going to come. He's going to win three or four races this year. It's where he finishes in those other races that's going to determine his championship chances. All right. Well, let's go to the next big item. I get that it's St. Pete, but Indy 500 winner. I'm not picking Joseph Newgarden. <laughs> I want to, but I'm not picking right? Joseph Newgarden. Um I think it's Pato Award. I'm going with Pato Award this year. Um, I feel like I've, I've said I've been duped by by Joseph Newgarden. Continue to pick him hasn't done it, but I've also been duped by Errol McLaren too. And I think okay, at some point McLaren's going to break through, right? They've mm-hmm. got to because they continue to invest more and more and more into this team, and now expanding the the drivers, obviously. Uh, at some point they need to break through and, and win a 500, win a championship, something. And I think the 500 comes this year and I'll go Pato award. So it's interesting. I was leaning toward picking Pato award to win the 500, which uh, I think was my pick, like going into May of last year. Okay. I'm going to keep it with Aaron McLaren SP. Really? But I'm going to go with Alexander Rossi. Okay. Um, I, I feel like this is kind of my against the grain pick a little bit here early, but I, I'm not going to pick. Pinsky, just because of their struggles in recent years at IMS, which is shocking, just right. to say out loud for obvious reasons. Um, Ganassi's been really strong, but it always seems like there's that mistake, you know, and, and that was not the case for Marcus Erickson last year, but mistake for Pelot. Yeah. Canon um, was right there, but he had to move up a little bit through the field on a hot day. Uh, Dixon obviously made a mistake. I, 
you think Scott Dixon wins the second Indy 500, but at some point, right? it just feels like he's for a guy who's won the race. It almost feels like he's snake bit there. Um, Here's a question for you. Just yeah. a random question. Who, what happens first? Scott Dixon wins his second or Joseph Newgarden wins his first. Ooh, I'm going to go with Scott Dixon winning. His really? Second. Yeah. I mean, he's Scott Dixon's become an elite qualifier. Um, and just think about how dominant he's been. Yeah. 2020 probably had the best car finish the second. Right. Uh, 2021. He was right there. Right. Uh, obviously last year he was right there. So you have several years where he was one of the top cars, one of the top contenders, but yeah, I, I new garden. I mean, you, you look at his IMS record and outside of his time with, uh, what was it? The Carpenter Fisher Hartman. Yeah. That yeah. combo. Sure. Sure. Um, Fisher, that was, racing. that was kind of the high point, but I mean, he has as good or better results. You could argue with, with that team, he had a ninth and, and then that third in 2016. And, but since then he had an eighth in 2018, a fourth in 2019, fifth in 2020. But I mean, he was never really contending for the win in either of those years, 12th and 13th, the last two years. So I just think, uh, Dixon is, is more likely just because of how good that team is at IMS for the last couple of years and how good he's been. I just think he's hit a different level of Indy. And we've seen this from some of the veterans, right? Where they hit a new level of IMS. Yeah. Uh, not that they weren't good before because he's really good, led a lot of laps early in his career, but it just seems like he's hit a next level in qualifying as well that others haven't been able to touch. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Penske's issues as a whole in May at Indy play into that those Joseph Newgarden struggles as well. But uh, what's what's the next talking point for the season? Yeah, so a- anyway, Rossi is my pick. And Rossi's I, just, I pick. just think going to a new team, some new blood, it was clear he needed a change. Uh, that team's really good at IMS, and I just think he'll get back into form. But, I guess uh, overall, is is do you feel like this is a breakout year for McLaren? Expanded roster. I mean, we thought that last year. I know, that's what I'm saying. So is this year in it. So now you add Rossi in there. He needs a, a change of scenery, obviously. Do you feel like this year is where when they break out? I think so. And the, I mean, look, he he won, what, two two races? Pato won two races last year. So it was another solid year. But I think how much it's going to help having not one, but two any 500 winners in that yeah. lineup for the month of May with Kanan in the fourth car. Also, just having Rossi through the course of a full season guy with a lot more experience, who's won a lot more races, who's competed for championships yeah. multiple times. I mean, Pato's done that as well. But just having another more experienced driver compared to Rosenquist, and Pato, I think, will help that that team a, a lot. Yeah, if you're a McLaren fan, you're definitely hoping so. Uh, okay, so Indy 500 Series champion, Rookie of the Year. This one, I, I think I'm really going against the grain on. But I feel confident in my pick. Um, Don't tell me you're going Augustine Canapino. <laughs> no. No? No. All right. Um, I think when you look at the roster... um. It's kind of tough when you look at who's in the field. I mean, is it, do you go Benjamin Peterson at this point? Because you got to look at who's racing where, right? So, and that's the big thing when you look at the series is is you can't necessarily go to the most talented driver. You kind of have to look where these drivers are, who they're racing for. So Benjamin Peterson with Foyt. So automatically, I'm like, eh, right? Marcus Marcus Armstrong is not racing the entire season. It's only racing the road courses. So you go Stingray Rob with with Coin. Uh, he and Augustine Canapino are the only other two options. So are you saying Stingray Rob? 
No. Really? Because I'm going no. Stingray Rob. You're going Stingray Rob. All right. I'm. I told you I was going against the grain. I, th- I feel like it's kind of bold, but there's no double points for the Indy 500 anymore. There's no double points for the series finale. I'm going Marcus Armstrong. He I has think the best car. Yeah. I think he has the best equipment. Um, he, he comes from a very accomplished pedigree, uh, running in Formula Two last handful of years. I, I get that he was there for several years, never got the breakthrough to Formula One, but I mean. Won three races last year in F2. You got to be pretty good to do that. Won a race in 2021. So I that's my pick. And I know it's it seems strong, but, you know, Foyt, we got to see them put together a car capable of competing, yeah. you know, reliably week in, week out. Uh, Cannon Pino, he's learning all the tracks. I mean, the, the thermal test went well, but like yeah. we said, you can't take a whole lot from that. He is more experienced as a driver. He just has to learn the track. So that's a, a learning curve. Then Stingray Rob, uh, a solid career in Indy Lights. It's a very young team with Dale Coyne Racing. I, I guess that's my one hesitation is just yeah, he's, his he's, teammate is really young. He's in looking fact, up to David Malukas yeah, at this point, right? Yeah. So I, I'm really going Marcus Armstrong. I think it's a, I don't hate the idea. I'll, it's a bit of a stretch, but yeah. as soon as they took away double points for the 500, I thought, all right, that's my pick for rookie of the year. I go, I'll go Stingray Rob purely because he's going to race every race, and I think it's the best situation for a rookie that's running full time. So I will and, go Stingray. And the wild part is Stingray Rob is older than David Malukas by yeah, like 24 days or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they were both born in September of 2001, but Malukas the 27th and... Stingray Rob was born on uh, September the 3rd of 2001. So, I mean, it's not crazy. Like, David Malukas raced in the series for a full season. He's so young that he wasn't even born before 9-11. And then his teammate, it was barely like a week and change before 9-11. It's just wild. And that's the rookie. But that's where we're at. If anything, it makes me feel old. Right? (laughs) (laughs) At the very least. Agreed. Okay, so that's a look at Rookie of the Year pick. All right, here's here's one I want to throw at you. Number of wins by non-Penske and Ganassi cars. Okay, so this will then take me into my question that, that also has that. So 17 races, mm-hmm. okay? Um, if I had to pick a number, so I'm picking a number on how many ra- races yeah, are won by are non- not won by Penske or Ganassi. So, I will say... Out of 17, I will say five. All right. For example, last year, uh, you had Rossi win a race. You had Pato win two. And then you had Aherta win. So you had four. Four of of 17 last year. Mm-hmm. I will say five out of 17 this year. What will you say? <sighs> it's tough. I... I really think Colton Hurd is going to have a massive bounce back year. I don't think yeah. we're going to see what we saw. I think he wins multiple races, at least two. If I had an over-under, it was one and a half, I'd take the over. It was two and a half. I feel like it'd almost be a push. Right. Um, I feel that confident. But you said five. I said five. Man. I, I just feel like there's been some movement on the driver market. You have Lungard who could win a race. Um, we'll get to another question regarding that. You know what? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go six. I, would I, love I don't. It, more I don't believe what I'm saying, but <laughs> I'm going to go six because I didn't want to so go wrong to agree with me at five. Is I, that what you're saying? I didn't want to go with four because that was what I was going to go with, and yeah. it, it just seemed too low, just based on the driver movement and the talent. And also, I think it does say a lot having a much deeper field. 
I mean, you have 27 cars entering yeah. every race. A lot can happen. Guys can have trouble. True. Yeah. So it just is another variable you throw at it. In terms of if you're taking, and this is where it truly becomes to me parody in the field that I think people overlook is the fact that Penske and Ganassi are still in the championship. Um, at least over the last, what, 10 years, yeah, 12 since years? Hunter A in 2012. Yeah. So my question to you is, if you had to bet right now, Penske and Ganassi or the field for the championship. I'll take Penske, Penske and Ganassi. And that's when it really changes for me for this series is you can get hype about McLaren. You can try to get me excited about Andretti. You can say this about Graham Ray, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and this could be the year, blah, blah, blah. Until another team wins the championship, I'm not buying into any of it. You, you need to see that breakthrough. We yes, need the do. proof. And we've seen the results of the last several years. And yes, there are guys who've come close. I mean, Colton Herta was really solid a couple of years ago. Pato Award was there a couple of years ago. Uh, but there's just, it, it, there's not been another guy step up and be at that level. Or a team at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say it's a competitive series and any driver can win any weekend. Yes, but there's only two teams that can win a championship. And that's been the case for the last decade. For example, you look at the standings from last year and the highest placing non-Pinsky or Ganassi driver was Pato and he was in seventh. Now that was brutal. Now that's that not been the worse, trend the last yes. couple of years, but yeah, still th- that was worse. I mean, you go back to 21 and Pato was a lot closer in the standings. He was third. Uh, Colton Herta would have been, let's see, he was fifth that year. So, and then in 2020, I'm just curious. I'm going back one more year just think, to see in the aero screen era. Cause that's yeah. kind of the comparison. Herta was Herta third. Was Pato was fourth. Yeah. yeah. So you had, so you're trending and, in the wrong Hall direction here. Sixth in, in 2020 as well. So you had a lot more balance that year, but, I just think it's it's until we see it happen. I'm not I'm not going to pick against Penske or Ganassi winning the title. Yeah, precisely. That's kind of my thing um, with this. Is you can try to get me excited. You know, with those years when back to back when Sebastian Bourdais won uh, St. Pete back to back years, and they tried to say maybe he could be a championship contender. And oh, this year, if you if you read the team previews, I'm sure that's a goal for McLaren and and Andretti in that. I'm not buying into it until I see it happen. It's one of those things where you need to go out and convince me that some other team, some other driver from any other team outside of the top two can win a championship. And to me, the series is the big two because of the championship is there's only two teams that can win it. And until that happens, I have a hard time buying into this whole parody thing because over 17 races, we see the cream rise to the top and the cream of the crop is two teams. And that's it. Now, the difference between IndyCar and Formula Formula One, obviously, is that, yes, F1 has Mercedes and Red Bull, but, I mean, they're also winning pretty much all the races. Yes. And really just Red Bull in particular recently. But yeah. whereas in IndyCar, like like we said, you could expect four, five, even six teams to yeah. maybe win a race. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Week, week in and week out, yeah, anything can happen on a given weekend. But by the end of the season, things work out to where... Penske's winning a lot of races. Ganassi's winning a lot of races. And one of those two the two teams are going to have the championship winner. All right. So we've gone through kind of the, the major talking points. Let's get to some other stuff as far as preseason predictions. So this is where I think it, it gets interesting. Last year, I think we were in full agreement. Roman Grosjean would be the driver to, to win a race who hadn't won a race going into the season. We also believe Scott McLaughlin could win a race, but he won a race. In fact, yeah. won multiple. 
Grosjean did not. So as far as this year, drivers who have not won a race, who win a race this year. Uh, that list includes several guys. Lungard, Harvey, um, Eilat, yeah, Grosjean, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, David Malukas. Who do you think uh, is that next guy to win a race? I guess I say Roman Grosjean, and that to me is more saying more about the rest of the candidates. I think if I had to pick somebody else, it'd be Lungard, but I, I'm going with Grosjean. I'm going to go with Lungard. I just feel more confident. Um Grosjean, for whatever reason, just seemed like last year was a massive step back. Yeah. And he had pace every now and then, but it's just the mistakes and just the erratic, you know, the inconsistencies we saw from him uh, at different race weekends. Whereas Lungard, I feel like really was kind of hitting his prime toward the end of the year. He even thought like he kind of could have had a shot at Nashville for a bit. But you look at what he's done. He's been really fast on the road courses. He's getting there on the ovals. He had a top 10 at, at Iowa uh, last year. So I think that's kind of my pick for a guy at fifth at Laguna, second IMS road course to number two. So I feel like he's knocking on the door. Ray Hall is a team that hasn't won a race since Sato in the 500 in 2020, <laughs> which is, is not yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. With it, how well they've done and just, I mean, they're very competitive. It's just getting a race win. If you're not Pinsky, Ganassi and, I guess to a lesser extent, Andretti and McLaren, it's really hard in this series. Well, and two is is both you and I agreed last year for the majority of the season, you felt that Christian Lundgaard was the better driver than Graham Rahal with that yeah. team. Yeah. And that says as much about Lundgaard, in my opinion, as it says about Rahal. And I really feel, and this is a greater conversation, we've mentioned it, is I feel like Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing is held back, will be held back until they treat another driver as their top driver other than Graham Ray Hall because he's not a one driver in this in this series. He's proven that. And and I feel he, like... He was in the past, I think, but... May, I mean... <sighs> there was a stretch where he was what, 2015 like a, to 2017. I mean, he was yeah, winning a lot of races. Yeah, I could give you that. He's no longer... That's for no, sure. Hasn't won since sweeping Detroit doubleheader in, in 2017. Yeah, I just feel like this team is built around, I wouldn't say they're comp- complementary pieces around Graham Rahal, but Graham Rahal is the number one driver with Rahal, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, and he's not a number one driver anymore. So I, I feel like Lungard can have that breakout season, but can they truly have a breakout driver as long as they have Graham Rahal being their, their number one in a lot of respects? So that goes in kind of our, our next kind of round of questions. Biggest surprise this year. It can be positive or negative. And then, but then we'll also go to biggest disappointment. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, biggest, uh, we're talking biggest surprise. Yes. Um, I say biggest surprise is for me is that let's see i think that mclaren doesn't have the breakout season than people think they will and and define breakout season is this uh they don't win the 500 and they don't win the championship yeah i think those are the two 
yeah. missing links yeah. for them. And they have whether to win... they get one or both. Yeah. You would expect them to to be in contention for both of them and to at least get one of them eventually. And yeah. we it feels like we're waiting on that to happen. And you feel like, okay, now this year you add to the team, you had Alexander Rossi, another another year of seasoning and Pato Ward and blah blah blah, and you have Tony Kanan in there for, for five hundred. I'm still looking at this team and waiting for them to to truly break out. They're going to get wins uh, here and there. I mean, if you had to put over under two and a half for for McLaren to win this year, I mean, would you take the over? Do you think Ooh, they can win three? That's I'm tough. taking the under. I'd take the me. under to, to keep it at two. It's another prove to me what you can do at this point. And, and I'm not ready to – everybody assumes Rossi goes and gets a new lease on life. But until I see it, I'm not buying into it. Um, I'm very much, in a lot of ways, with IndyCar is prove it. Prove it with another team competing for a championship, winning a championship. Prove it that you can be a different driver at a different place. Uh, Prove it that you can be a championship team in this series. And with me, I'm there for with, with, with McLaren. They've had more... I think negatives in terms of not making races, not making 500s than they have in terms of at the pinnacle of the sport and winning a 500, uh, winning a championship. So show me, prove it to me. And, and that, I think that could be my surprise is, is McLaren doesn't have that breakout that other people think they can have. But what about you? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go with a turnaround season for Jack Harvey. I'm going to say is a lot more success than just one top 10. Like he had last year at Nashville. I'll say he finishes in the top half of the field in points, so essentially 14th or, or better. He's 22nd last year, so I mean it was a very, very rough season. But I think year two with that team, perhaps a little bit less pressure, not being in the high V car. Yeah, uh, I think that will help him out, and I, I think that team overall will will have a much stronger year. Overall, do you think Harvey think- does enough to keep that seat? Um, yes, because I I think he doesn't have the pressure of being the, the high V guy now. There is a lot of pressure with that that he did not deliver on last year. No, no, he did sure. not. So that's kind of my surprise. As far as disappointment, you have like a, a everyone's <laughs> hyping and well, my bat was kind of McLaren, right? Yeah. Um, do we, are we taking individual driver or team or can we look at, you can do either overall one. in the series? I feel the disappointment to me is going to be once again at the end of the season, we have two teams competing for a championship. And maybe it's two drivers from the same team. Maybe it's three drivers, but from two teams. Once again, I think we lack that third team that can really, really win a championship. You can say, well, this team was second one year with this driver and this team was third. Like, I need somebody else to win the championship. And I think that's going to be the disappointment to me in the end is when you look at it, is it still comes down to just those two teams. I... I, I root for other teams. I root for other drivers to break through. I hope we see it. Um, but for me, I, I, I really have to to see it to believe. And in terms of disappointments, um, I think series-wide is the lack of drama in May, I think, is going to be a disappointment. At this point, I'll be surprised if there's any more drivers than or entries than 33. Maybe a 34th, but... Like how much drama does that really bring, really, when you're when you're bumping one one team, one driver? So I think that's going to be a disappointment too. Is just you know, bumping is so much hist- It's as much, in my opinion, historic with the Indianapolis 500 in the event as the winners. Right? Is is the drama of 
bumping and making, making the, the race, race is historically now yeah. it hasn't been the last decade but there's still plus. even been you know with with fernando alonso oh, yeah. and and james hinchcliffe like there's still been stories even when we're only bumping a couple that are, are just crazy stories right and we're just not going to have that even with 34 it's just it's tough to get into so we've gotten to a point unfortunately where we're almost just taking it for granted that that those days are gone, at least for now. And we're almost just taking it, okay, it's just going to be 33 and 34, and that's what it is. But it's been just such a huge part of the event that it's disappointing that once again for another year, it looks like we'll have 33, but how many more will we have? Maybe one? I mean, We've had almost as many years in the last decade of, oh, will we get to 33 right. as opposed to bumping, it feels like. Yeah, and, and luckily that hasn't been a com- uh, conversation this year with getting to 33, but after that, and and there's a myriad of reasons why it's not just, trust me, it's not just en- engine leases. It's not just that. Um, it's a big part of it, but not the only part. So that that to me is disappointing because a, a to me, the second best weekend of the IndyCar season is bump weekend for me. Race weekend is huge for the 500. The second best event is qualifying weekend for the 500. And it just lacks all type of drama because to me, the excitement is towards the back of the field and who's making the race as opposed to who's starting at the front. That's where I find the drama. And unfortunately, the IndyCar series and NBC and everybody have had to try to make the drama about the top part of the field because it lacks any type of drama at the back. We, we haven't had real drama going back to, to what, 2019 with Alonzo. Yeah, with Alonzo. Failing to qualify. Pato Hinchcliffe, also it. Years Hinchcliffe before was, that, you yeah, know. 2018, yeah. so... That, that's it. And and those are the stories that, that I miss. And we, we've taken for granted that we're not going to have them. And, and that's, for me, the most disappointing thing. I'll give you every race at Mid-Ohio and, and even Road America, as much as I love Road America and Iowa and all that, just to have a true, true qualifying bumping weekend where you have three-plus cars that are going home. I'd be on board with that. That's for sure. All right, uh, my disappointment, you know what? Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with Meyer Shank Racing. I, I think this is the last year we see Elio Castroneves full-time. Yes. And Tom Blomquist is waiting in the wings for one of those seats. It seems all but a done deal for next year if either one uh, of Elio or Simon Pagenaud slip up. And I think Pagenaud, I mean, yes, he was first year with a new team, but he really struggled last year. I feel like both of them really have a lot of pressure and I think we'll see at least one driver different in 2024 with that team. And I wouldn't be surprised if it were both drivers different. I agree. I feel though that for Michael Shank and um, friend of the podcast, hopefully we can have him on sometime this season. He wouldn't change a thing because he won an Indianapolis 500 with Elio. So oh, yeah. he would not trade this for anything, but at the same time, um, this team needs to look to, to the future and right now, neither of those drivers are doing what they need to do to equate into that future. Elio, we know, is is probably the only reason why he's still around is because of winning that fourth 500, right? Um, Simon Pagano, it has been tough to um, really capture. He had a good capture. first half of the season he last did. year. I'm, I'm looking he at what he did. Off. I mean, he had a second at, at IMS. Uh, the first road course race and the second half of the season just really fell off starting with Iowa. So for them, it's two aging guys. 
you can you can definitely say Elio. We race in and race out. His best racing is behind him. Now the five hundred is different. It's a different equation. And then Simon Pagano, I think you can definitely argue that maybe not as a clear cut as Elio, but you can also say that Simon Pagano, maybe his best racing is behind him, at least in IndyCar. So when you see all these other teams around you investing in the next generation of talent or trying to groom that talent, we see Tom Blomquist being that guy potentially for for that team is I think you're going to see a change, but I would like to see, I think Simon can get a win. I'd like to see it this year. I don't know if Elio can, but I think Simon can, which I guess my question then for you would be, you know, outside of the top two, which team gets the most wins this year? So take Ganassi and Penske out of it. Which team has the most wins? McLaren. I mean, you take McLaren. Yeah, it's too easy. McLaren. So you're taking McLaren at two. You think? Yeah. So you don't think Andretti wins two? Colton Herter doesn't win two races. I think he wins two. I, I, I mean, I, that would be Andretti then. Yeah. Well, it'd be a tie. It'd be a push. <laughs> it'd be a tie. Um, but I think, yeah. So I would love to see a win at Ray Hall, a win um, at uh, at Meyer Shank as well. But um, you got to prove it. And, and we come back to those team previews, right? Everybody's excited. Everybody's brimming with optimism. But when you come out and you're 25th in uh, practice one on Friday – at St. Pete, all those positive vibes of the offseason quickly go away. Yes, for sure. And speaking of St. Pete, time to uh, preview the 2023 IndyCar season opener, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. So taking a look at the schedule and what we have on tap for this weekend. Spotter guide is up uh, on the website. New app as well. They'll have more in-car cameras, everything integrated. Again, every year we get app updates. This is nothing new. Uh, but practice one for IndyCar, 3 to 4.15 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Then practice two, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. All Again, Peacock, IndyCar Radio, Sirius XM. You know all the outlets. Uh, qualifying on Saturday, 2.15 to 3.30 Eastern. Peacock, Sirius XM, IndyCar Radio. Uh, and then... There is a warm-up on Sunday from 9 to 9.30 in the morning. And then the race coverage starts at noon on NBC. Also, they're on Universo with this one. And Peacock and Ooh. IndyCar Radio, Sirius XM, IndyCar Live for international viewers who don't have access to, to Peacock um, or, or some sort of TV deal internationally. Um, TV window goes to 2.30. Uh, green flag is... Approximately, I've seen twelve twenty. Yeah, I've seen twelve twenty as well with coverage starting at twelve. So, not the ideal pre-race show in Caleb Hatch's mind. I think a good <laughs> twenty-minute pre-race for the oh, season for a opener. Season opener. That's yeah, fine. I'll, we'll take that. I'll give him that we'll, for sure. We'll do. We'll do it. So it seems to be pleasant weather as it seemingly always is in St. Pete until I go down there for spring break. Well, area, it looks like not. we could have some rain though. So that's what? interesting. Yeah, we'll see how that and the forecast is ever changing. You know, in in Florida, well, in Florida too, you could rain for thirty minutes mm-hmm. out of the out of the day, and you're fine. So, a storyline to watch. But the the now does this did this race in recent years be one of those ones that started later in like middle middle of the afternoon? Or has this been traditionally this early of a start? Uh last few we're years, seeing more of been, those this year. Yeah, last few years, it's I think been earlier in the start. And, and the good news, speaking of this race, so Firestone two year extension. Uh, dates are set for the next two years for this race as well. March 8th through 10th next year, March 7th through 9th in 2025. So, so you're telling us we have to wait a little bit longer the next two years, at least for St. Pete. Will it be the season opener? 
That's a good mm. question. That is a good question. That would be my question if I'm down there is at this press conference today. I would have asked, does the extension include a mandate for being the season opener? Was it because wasn't that a thing for St. Pete that it was the season it, opener? It was at a time, but my understanding that's no longer okay. a part of the contract. Yeah, I wasn't sure. At so, least now I don't know what it means with this extension, obviously. Yeah. So that would have been my question, I guess, today. And, and maybe they would say no comment. Who knows? Because it's always in the fine print. But same time, I'd, I'd be curious if, if next year when this race happens, what, 8th through the 10th, if it's a season opener. Are, are we entering the, the first race in the United States of the season after opening the season in Argentina? Hmm? Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Maybe. Hmm? Maybe. maybe. Perhaps, yeah. Just throwing it out there. Be on board with that. So Chad 200 with our three key stats for St. Pete. Power, nine pulls. No driver has more than one. Qualified on front row 12 times. 269 laps led. Elio, top six and 10 of 13 starts. Dixon, Rossi, Pagano combined 36 starts. 10 podiums, 16 top fives. 262 laps led. Zero wins. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Man. So with that said, uh, this is just a complete crapshoot. But do you have a, a winner in mind? Gosh, this is always so tough to start the season, right? Yeah. Um, so easy would say willpower, right? Right. But I'm trying not to take the easy way out here, which sometimes if you overthink things, then you screw stuff up. Uh, but I think I will go to start the season. I'm going to take somebody that's... I'll take Colton Herta to win this race. That's a good pick. I was thinking maybe a Scott Dixon, like a, you know, a steady presence, but I'm going to say... To get a storyline going to start the season, Colton Herta wins this race. I like your pick. I, I don't want to steal it, though, but that's a really good pick. Kind of outside the box. Oh, man. Augustine Canapino still <laughs> out there. <laughs> uh, a street circuit for your debut race is a pretty tough ask. Yeah, especially uh, at St. Pete. There's not a lot of forgiveness around You, you know, there. I'm going to go Alex Pillow. How about that? I'll go with Alex Blow. You like him to have a strong season. Yeah. I, I think he'll win more than just one race like he won last year. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think he could be right back. I think the trendy pick is Scott McLaughlin to win the championship this year, but yeah. I mean, you went with Pillow, right? So I mean, I think Alex Pillow and that whole team can play can can drive and, and produce. They're they're loose. They know what the future is. They're not gonna be together, but they can one last ride. They're not worried about behind-the-scenes distractions and who's not talking to who and who's doing this and that. They can just go out and perform, and they know what the future entails for all of them. So I think that helps that team knowing exactly what's coming and not worrying about it and just going out and producing, and I think that's what can produce a championship for Pillow. All right, so that's a look at our St. Pete preview. Uh, if you agree or disagree with us, uh, us on any of our predictions, we'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, subscribe to the email list. That's free, so you never miss an episode or any announcements that we make. Thanks to the hundreds of you that have subscribed to the email list. It's doing quite well, so thank really? you for that. Yes, Hundreds of people? Yes. Wow. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's got a lot of subscribers, so appreciate that. Uh, also... You can interact with us on social media. IndyCar Podcast is the handle on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, just search for New Track Record. Uh, email is NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash NewTrackRecord. Thanks to Xavier, Rob Stitch, and several others for their support. All starts at just as little as $1 per month. We pr- appreciate your support. 
And you can find us and follow us for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you listen to us on there, do us a favor. Five-star rating if you're nice. If you're really nice, a review. We'd appreciate that. Spotify, uh, Overcast, CastBox, Google, Player FM, Amazon Music. Basically, wherever you, wherever you find a podcast. Uh, Napster, we're on there. LimeWire. Uh, I don't, I don't no? think they do podcasts. Uh, okay. But it's a good thought. Yeah, whatever. It's a thought that so, counts. Uh, yeah, that's how you can listen to us for free. That's the best part. It, it's free to listen, but we appreciate your support, whether it's through Patreon, buying a sticker through the store on the website, or buying a shirt through the store on the website as well. And I want to remind you, fantasy racing underway and people asking, are we doing fantasy racing? The answer is yes. Well, uh, we had to wait. Were, we didn't know until the app updated. Right? Yes. Our understanding, and this is kind of confusing, so if we're incorrect on this, um. We apologize, but our understanding, if you were in the league last year and you used the same login, same email address, you should have received an email invite, right? Yes. You should be at least able to go in and sign up for 2023 of the Friends of New Track Record Podcast Fantasy League. Uh, If you did not participate last year and want to participate, what's the easiest way, Caleb? Is it to message us on Twitter? Yes, if you just want to email us, newtrackrecordpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter and we'll send an invite to get you set up for the league. I think I counted, we have like over 50 people in the league already. We do, but I think a lot of it is bleed carry over, over, so hopefully carry over, so a lot of, hopefully those people return, but we'll kind of, after the first event, maybe go through and, and I'll cut the fat of the people that didn't pick or whatever that were from last year. Now, if you have an issue, if you're listening to this before the race weekend, and if you're having an issue and you were in the league last year, just send us your stuff, send an email. Yeah, we'll send, we'll send a new invite. invite. Again, we haven't had any communication as of this recording on Thursday night as far as how it works as carryover goes. No, yeah. So all we know is it's the exact same interface as it was last year. There's been no upgrades whatsoever with the fantasy app. Yeah, or everything's the same. Everything's the same. And it's a pain in the ass. Like it, the easiest thing, yes, would be able to put a link out there. And tweet it out and social media it out and say, hey, click this link and you can go sign up. No, it's not that easy. You have We actually have to send email invites like it's 2007. <laughs> 2007? No, oh, we're talking like 2004. <laughs> this is brutal. All and right. They make it so difficult sometimes. Uh, that That's just, that's how they do it. Uh, it's endearing, I guess. That's one way to put it. All <laughs> right. Time for the mailbag. Um, not a whole lot to get to, but... Uh, you tweeted, if IndyCar really wanted to knock our socks off with these app upgrades, it would have included a playable version of pole position on it. I love that game. Tell me I'm wrong. Such a fun game. Uh, Rob underscore McMahon said that would be freaking awesome. Prepare to qualify. Uh, <laughs> Bauer Racing my said my all-time favorite game. Yeah, that was a fun game to play back in the day. What was, was that? Great. Super Nintendo? Well, originally it was an arcade game. Okay. I, then, I know it from Nintendo. Yeah, it was, I, I can't it was remember originally which. A, I think it was... I can't remember if it was is regular NES or Super NES, but re, yeah, okay. originally it was an arcade game. That's what I know it from. So uh, some notes or some thoughts on that one. Also, let's see what else we got here on the list for the mailbag. Uh, imagine we had cameras capture the goings on between Chip Ganassi and Zach Brown during last year's silly season. That from Wolfman Belbus. Uh, you tweeted out a, a link of a video. Oh, it's amazing. Between what? It's all the team principles. Yes, in F1. Yeah, and it's from the new Drive to Survive season, and it's yes, basically... I, that's the first... Is it the first episode or second? I think it was the first. I haven't watched them yet, but it's the first race, or mm-hmm. I, even in testing, I'm not sure, 
and basically it's Toto Wolf complaining about the porpoising and wants the, the, the FIA to do something about it. And basically the other teams are saying it's your own problem. And, yeah. and uh, Christian Horner saying then, then fix your effing car is just <laughs> tremendous. And the stifled laughs between uh, some other team principals. kind of trying Bonotto, to calm everyone down. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And, and like, I was telling you like, that's what endears people to Formula One. It's not the racing, sure as hell not the racing, no. right? It's it's the drama, it's the politics, it's look what people watch. People watch reality TV and and because of the drama. And IndyCar has no drama. And one of the texters pointed out, I know it was Steve Wittich that that messaged us and mm-hmm. talked about it. Never in a million years would Roger Penske allow an exchange like that to reach the public spectrum, the public forum. And I understand why, but also that's what sells, right? Could you imagine yep. Chip Ganassi and Zach Brown going back and forth? Like, th- like that's that's what Formula One has that that IndyCar doesn't have, and quite frankly, won't have. They won't allow it to happen. And it's unfortunate. It it definitely is. A couple other tweets to get to. Uh, this from Poet Shevchenko. If this were 2015, I could say how delighted Dale Coyne would be that he can now fit two ride buyers into one car at once. That from the motorcycle rich energy thing. Oh you man, tweeted, the side with the side—that was amazing. Funny. Yeah, and uh, you know, if this was also 2015, we'd still have TBA for that's true. For Dale Coyne racing It'd be during exciting. the weekend. Yes, we'd, we'd, we'd going, have some buzz. Who will be? Who, who will be in the Huertas? seat? <laughs> who will be in the seat for practice one tomorrow? We would not know. N.K. Harden, uh, listening to the pod conversation on Indy 500 entries and bumping. They're still bumping every year. It just happens off track. Leg bumped RHR from the field by inking the deal over him. Not as fun, but every bit as competitive. The CW series may capture that. It's a good point. It's a good point. I unfortunately don't have any confidence that the CW series will include stuff like that. For, for everything I've seen as... Uh, as I don't say entertaining as interesting, I guess. And I'll tune in to the, to the series for sure. Not one thing that I saw go made me say, well, I definitely got to tune in for this, right? It was just kind of the same old stuff that we see and maybe it's okay. We're not going to give anything away. And the fact that they really haven't got at that time much footage, right? They were just at thermal thermal and some driver. I get it. But at the same time, if you were trying to hook me with that, that commercial, it didn't. Now I'm going to watch because I'm an IndyCar fan and all that, and I have a podcast. I need I need to be able to properly criticize it to you people to listen. But at the same time, nothing hooked me. Nothing said, "Whoa." I, I hope it does, but yeah, it just it comes back to that. Like like Roger Penske, he's squeaky clean. He's a billionaire for a reason. He's a successful businessman for a reason. He doesn't let. The uh, the poop get out in the open, so to speak. He's not going to let the poop get out in the open with this series. He's just not. Uh, another tweet to get to, and and then that actually leads into what you're talking about. Leads into some of our early items on news and notes. But uh, we had Frederick Ekblom. Uh-huh. There's a good Autosport.com article uh, that Degera, uh, D-U-G-E-R-R-E-H, sent us back uh, the other week talking about his IndyCar career and what could have been. Basically, it's like any time he, because he didn't bring any money to the table, no. uh, he got Sounds bounced familiar. by Scott Pruitt as far as the Firestone tire testing deal. Yeah. And Firestone was coming back. I mean, it's like every time he got close, he, he got bounced. So yeah. 
just kind of uh, what could have been. Seemingly the same issues today. Yes. Go talk to your Indy Lights champion about that. Huh. Yeah, that's that's a whole other thing I'm sure we'll get to in this month-long gap. Hopefully we'll get some news out of that. All right, news and notes time. You mentioned talking about 100 Days to Indy on the CW, uh, produced by Vice. The debut, April 27th, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So, I mean, prime time, that, that's a great TV window. Yeah. You can't ask for more on that. The key thing for me is, and this is based on an example of one, is when I showed my father this, he goes... Well, what channel is that? And I say, well, it's the CW. And he's like, okay, I didn't know if CW Sports was an additional channel. So no. the they need to be clear on that, that you're watching it on the CW. It's just a CW Sports production or whatever. Yes. So they better make sure they get that right because people will be confused. Like, I don't have CW Sports. I can't watch that. But it's just you on do. the regular just CW. The CW network. Right? <laughs> so, uh, or you can watch it on Vice. And, and I yes. have I have both too. So um you know, hopefully it's it's a good series. We'll see if it comes out uh, late in uh, in April. At, at least we're seeing some production out of it. Meanwhile, on the video game front, nothing. yeah, so not looking good. In fact, no. we'll get to that as well. Uh, the four four timers bricks are now inside the yard of bricks. The start finish line IMS. They did that a couple of weeks ago. As far as any five hundred ticket sales, Doug Bulls uh, telling Fox fifty nine in Indianapolis. Uh, a couple weeks ago, ticket sales are really, really strong for 2023, better than 2022. So that's a good sign. Did you watch that Beyond the Bricks talking about the? Uh, I did not. I I missed fascinating. it. Fascinating. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to catch up on like all of those. It goes honest. through, of course, the four time winners and putting mm-hmm. Elios in there and all that stuff, and they were able to get it and take them all out and get pictures because they redid the entire yard of bricks this year. And but one of the first things, time they've ever done that, right? Um, they said at least it's been the first well, since time in the repay, since the repay yeah. after the 2004 brickyard. Yeah. So it's been upwards of 20 years since they've done that. But one interesting thing that Doug Bull said is when they originally laid the bricks uh, and all the bricks, of course, when it became the brickyard, there was a solid gold brick. Yes. That I was did read about that. In, in, inside. It wasn't on the, the, the top layer. It was inside, uh, you know, internally. Nobody knows where that brick is. Disappeared. Disappeared. It would have been worth $500 at the time. Now it'd probably be worth like half a million, million yeah, dollars. Who knows amazing. how much? Yeah. So I thought that was the, the the tidbit. And what was a fascinating five minutes to go to YouTube and watch it beyond the bricks, which all of them are really good. But this was particularly fascinating and just kind of a throwaway line with uh, talking to, to, uh, to Doug Bowles was that solid gold brick. I was like, wait, what? And it was just one of those things like, man, somebody's got that somewhere, right? I mean... Bricks I hope just, it didn't get like washed away. I don't know. It's pretty fascinating, but yeah, a lot of those beyond the bricks are are very entertaining, and where and where Doug Bowles goes and goes under with the stream that goes under what the front stretch, uh, maybe heading into turn one with the stream going underneath the uh, the stands and all that stuff, the grandstand. So uh, it's pretty cool stuff if you've never watched any of the series. And speaking of IMS, and this is good news and, and makes a lot of sense. I was surprised they didn't do this to begin with, but uh, Indy NXT, a.k.a. Indy Lights, has been added to the Brickyard Weekend Round. So instead of two uh, in May, they've split it up. Yeah, which Again, makes sense. Common yeah. sense. Um, also, do we have Indy Lights this weekend? Yes. Okay. We do. Cool. And what, 19 cars? Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Uh, that series feels completely wide open. Josh Green... Yeah, our buddy Josh Green. We should have him on sometime. Uh, yes, uh, he moving will be up. participating, moving mm-hmm. up. Uh, speaking of tires and Firestone, Firestone will expand the use of the 
Waiuli, I believe I said that correct. Uh-huh, good job. Uh, tires to all IndyCar street circuits this season. Uh, among some of the other changes, that's positive. Also, they'll have the alternate tire at Gateway, so that will be fun. <laughs> that's mm. that's a new thing. Uh, changes on... Or wait, on do red... you have to use both? I would assume or so. Just, or are they just going to use the alternate instead of the blacks? They use the reds. I the would assume you have to use both. Teams, huh. yeah, they have to run a new set of alternate tires during the course of the race. So nice. that's exciting. That should really help that race yeah. as far as the raceability. Uh, they're adding some stuff to the aero screen uh, to help with pooling. Yeah, the um, little veins, not necessarily on the aero screen, but in front mm-hmm. of on the nose is where those can kind of like directing the the uh, the water away from the screen. Also, bit. more visible LED uh, lighting and, and uh, the light on the attenuator to help. Uh huh. Like a bigger light. Practice mm-hmm. and qualifying changes. So basically, with practice and qualifying, this is positive. They're guaranteeing ten minutes of green flag running for Stuff your session. That- has been said for years that for some reason yes. it wasn't a thing. That thankfully it's now, not a thing. Now, second, third, or more red flags, the, the round clock will continue to run. The fact that the majority of your qualifying is now not on regular TV is mm-hmm. just, it can be as long as it needs to, right? Uh, other than, obviously, when you have a condensed weekend just, schedule. Well, it depends on what's coming up after. Right. It's the at-track at stuff that gets in the way. True. But at the same time, if if... If IndyCar is your headliner on the weekend, then it should have the wherewithal to say, hey, you know what? We have to go half hour extra and you have to push everything back a half hour. Like, that's just how it should be. Other little changes. I mentioned the attenuator that's new. uh, Stronger rear wheel tethers. uh, Higher headrests for better padding. uh, Mandatory, more forgiving steering arm. Taking more punishment in a crash without braking. Um Optional use of short oval barge boards that run street course race weekends. Can you break down the barge boards for me? No. Okay. I I cannot. Optional (laughs) use of previously tested underwing sidewall at Texas. They're going to do that second uh, session, you know, to get the second groove at Texas as well. They'll do that practice session uh, at Texas and at Gateway. So that will help with a second lane. Also, they'll do, um, there are a few changes for the 95 i'm not going to get into all the technical stuff with that uh, as far as just for the car elements and then they'll use the em motorsports telemetry and em marshalling systems um it's on site as far as the data so it's not going back and forth so it should be faster and more accurate and hopefully it's a, a positive let's hope so and i can't get any more into the weeds on that stuff because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll lose my mind yeah, that's stuff way above our head. Hopefully it helps the raceability, drivability, competition, all that good stuff. So those are a look at some of the changes. We'll see how it plays out this weekend. I think the most exciting thing is, of course, just having alternate tires at Gateway. That yeah, should that, be very exciting. Yes, absolutely. It's one step short of half the field having to go to the other way. And the other thing, so for Indy Lights, a.k.a. Indy Next, I don't know what we're going to call this moving forward. Top three finishers. Indy Junior. Yeah, Indy Juniors. Uh, top three finishers uh, will get training and testing time in the Delora Simulator. So that's cool. Okay. It's a good perk to have. Um, some other notes to get to. Man, there's there's so much. Um, we're not going to dive into every little thing here. But Kyle Larson, two-year deal. Yeah, that was kind of hidden the in that deal, right? That uh, Jenna Fryer unveiled. Mm-hmm. Also, he's expected to test this year. Jenna Fryer reporting that. Good. 
So hopefully he'll be at the open test, maybe, or maybe after the season. Who knows? True, but I think it would be imperative, and we kind of said it, that that Larson gets some seat time in 2023. He doesn't want to jump into even like the open test next year being his first time in the seat. I think he's a guy that wants to get familiarized a little bit this year at some point. Uh, some other notes for you. PPG, speaking of Texas, we just talked about. PPG the new uh, title sponsor, PPG 375 at Texas. So when's the last time Texas had the same title sponsor in back-to-back years? It's a it great question. <laughs> it seems like I every year. Like, like, it's good. I'd rather have a different title sponsor every year than no title sponsor. Just ask Portland. But it just seems yeah. like um, every year there's a different name for that race. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. It was the Expel 375 or whatever it was yeah. that last year. Yeah, and then if, I, I can't even remember going back. It's just every year is something different. Meanwhile, the Music City GP, which has a new logo, uh, President and COO Jason Rittenberry, who we've had on the podcast, uh, telling 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, uh, they have a three-year extension with IndyCar, route unknown with the new Titan Stadium construction. I think you just take it right down I-65. <laughs> I'm sure they'd shut down the interstate for IndyCar. <laughs> I'm sure that'd go over real well. <laughs> I'm sure. Speaking of uh, IndyCar and, and going in, in areas where they've not been, uh, a video game, that's an area where they've not been. <laughs> uh, Motorsport Games, this is from Mike Straw Media, who's kind of been over the, the IndyCar news. Uh, he says he learned, this is back on February 24th. 24th. There have been layoffs May that impact the IndyCar game directly, so not a positive sign. No. Meanwhile, this is-, this is positive. 100 Days to Indy, there'll be a panel at South by Southwest. Featuring Pato Award, Alexander Rossi, producer Patrick Diamond, and longtime sportscaster Lindsay Zarniak. Yeah, I like March thirteenth. So is Lindsay? Does it say that she part of the? the I think series? she's like leading the panel. Oh, she's leading the panel, but I didn't know if she was part of the Hundred Days to Indie. I don't think series. So. Okay, I like Lindsay's work. She's good. Yes, very very good, and and was the host for the Indy Five Hundred for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah, on ABC. Uh, toward the end of their run as the TV partner. All right, we have just a few other notes to get to. New telemetry, I mentioned that. Um, That will be in place. Another thing. Oh, this is exciting. We didn't really talk about this a whole lot yet. But So Adam Cern tweeting out about the the new commercial uh, with Scott McLaughlin, at least for this weekend. So the deal with this they will air a new spot in Car Will every race for at least the first seven with ad buys in 20 markets. Birmingham, duh. Chicago, That's a good market, yeah. duh. Road America, you know, makes sense. Cleveland, Columbus, duh. Mid Ohio, Dallas, obviously Texas Motor Speedway, Des Moines uh, with Iowa Speedway, mm-hmm. Detroit, downtown race there. Green Bay, again, Road America, Indy, don't have to explain that one. Long Beach, same deal. Milwaukee, same. Nashville. This one's a bit surprising. Philly. That's the one huh. I, I was going through and I couldn't quite figure out. Yeah. Well, this is the this is what you have to decide as a marketing department is, do you hit the existing markets that already command a decent number in terms of when you're looking at the 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 TV rating. TV rating, right, and breaking it down, or do you target other major metropolitan areas that maybe are lacking in TV in viewership and and I don't know, maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe it's, okay, we're going to target the markets we're close to, and then that's what we would make you then question Philly. But at the same time, maybe it's, hey, we need to make some inroads in the Northeast and to eventually try to get back up there for a race, 
we need to get more people interested in the series. So that could be the play there. Uh, elsewhere, the other markets, Portland, Richmond, that's uh-huh. on, but Richmond usually gets good ratings. They do, for yeah. Sacramento, uh, St. Louis, again, that's a given Tampa uh-huh. as well. Tulsa always gets good ratings. It they seems do. there's nothing else. And West Palm beach as well. Usually gets good ratings. So yeah. Philly was just the one outlier on there. I guess you could throw in Sacramento. Yeah. But the rest makes sense based on the ratings that IndyCars received in those markets over the years. We've seen them pop up on, you know, top 10 markets. Yeah. Or just the simple fact that there's a race in that market or in close proximity. So when we look at the goal for the season for TV ratings, and last year it was, okay, more races on network, that there needs to be an appreciable jump. And we said anything double digits was good. They didn't get there, but growth was growth. Okay, what we take, what we take. Now that it's like last year, comparable, very comparable, is any growth is good, right? Is that kind of how you look at it, or do you have higher expectations? I think I have higher expectations just based on the fact that IndyCar has increased the marketing spend significantly. True. And if these spots are anything like we've seen this first one with Scott McLaughlin, where it's featuring the drivers, which I think is very important, their voices, they're featured, their names on the screen. I think that's important because you got to get the name recognition out there. Like Scott McLaughlin is popular among IndyCar fans, but you go outside of IndyCar Mm -hmm. and unless you're in in Australia or New Zealand, people don't know who he is. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're going to call him Scott McLaughlin is what they're going to call him. Correct. So, and they wouldn't even know that he's you know, from, from down under. So right. yeah. I would know that he's a Kiwi. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, and they'll look at Joseph Newgarden's name and think he's think like he's German from or Sweden something. or yeah, who knows what <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of one of the, the key things uh, for Indy cars, just getting their names out there. And I think this campaign does it well. Yeah. Where it's not just flashing their name on the screen and a picture mm-hmm. of them looking cool in sunglasses. It's yeah. them narrating the spot. I, I like it. Yeah. I expect more of a step forward with TV ratings. Um, we've seen the growth in motorsports the last several, really since the pandemic with yeah. Formula One. I think that's, I think Formula One's going to level off this year. I really do. Um, the I think the growth, at least in the U.S. I think the growth slows, but I, I think it's still, it's still up. It's going up. Still, my, my thing was, and this I noticed last week when for some reason I turned. Well, I know why because I had money on it. Turned on the the NASCAR race at Auto Club Speedway, mm-hmm. and then sell out crowd. Yeah, and then people wanted to debate this to sounded like an Indy car argument at Iowa, where it was clearly not every seat was taken, but a it was chilly. I mean, it snowed on Saturday at Auto Club Speedway, and b not everybody's in the seat at the same time, right? So you could see some swaths of empty seats, but nothing like humongous. But I did notice when I'm watching that race and then my three-month-old's like just infatuated with the TV, so I'd, I'd left it there because he was calm. Hopefully, he does the same thing this weekend for IndyCar because I was like, oh, God, I'm turning him into a stock car fan. <laughs> but they do those those cartoon caricatures. They do it similar, and Fox does this with Fox Sports with uh, NFL, you know, like the, the, the caricature, not caricature, but like just like the cartoon-ish look of, of, of players, and they do it with the drivers. Like NASCAR is in a, a situation where we talk about driver recognition and, and stuff where they're doing these cartoonish versions of these drivers and some of them don't look anything like the driver. But they're in a situation where when they put Brad Kozlowski up there, people know who Brad Kozlowski is. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need his picture. You have a cartoon version of himself that kind of looks like him. Uh, and that's and they're perfectly fine with that. 
if you're a motorsports fan, you know Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Like, I think the problem is, if you're a motorsports fan, you know Elio Castroneves. Try, true. You probably know Tony Kanaan. Do you know Scott McLaughlin? Not necessarily. No, probably not. And that's that's the the wild thing is is IndyCar still is like okay we need to make sure these guys are front and center and and NASCAR and maybe it's the wrong decision by Cup is we're at a point where we don't really need to show the actual picture of these drivers we can show a cartoon version of the these drivers right yeah, it's very much and and it's just it, it it caught my attention on Sunday I'm like man IndyCar couldn't do this because you don't even they don't even know what the drivers actually look like, really look like in reality. Most of the, uh, the, the watch or at least the casual uh, viewers or the, 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 the people that somewhat follow the sport, they couldn't tell you who Scott Dixon was yet. Fox is showing cartoon versions of these drivers. I think the other thing is NASCAR drivers are so identifiable by their car number and their sponsor or sponsors. Yeah. I know that's changed in recent years, but still, I mean, you know, Joey Logano Logano's in the, the shell, Pins yeah. oil car, right? So, but it changes. I mean, Kyle Busch, you know, forever was in the M and M's car, right? And now all of a sudden, he's with with Richard Childress Racing and in a different livery and and wins a race at Auto Club Speedway, which won me money, which was why I was tuning in in the first place. <laughs> all about the cash, yes, sir. And, uh, and they of, didn't waste any time with Auto Club Speedway, did they? Immediately no. after selling the majority of the land, which sounds uh, like NASCAR still going to retain what, like a hundred uh, acres of that to turn it into a short track, supposedly. It's just you have a, a great facility and we're changing it to change it for a quick buck. I, and I tell you, like, like I watched a couple a of restarts. track, too. It is unique. The D-shaped. and they, NASCAR has, and I get they don't have, they have a million mile and a half tracks. Yeah. And they have some half mile. But a two mile track that's wide open like Fontana. I, I mean, you have Fontana. Yeah. You have Michigan. That's it, right? Yeah, basically, I mean, for the two milers and you look at auto club, I think if you could pick up that entire complex and putting it somewhere in the United States, it would, it would be a lot success, very much successful. But you look at what's around auto club speedway, it just, it's, it's not in a, in a really great play. It's surrounded by what, like factories and stuff and, and in, industry, very industrial. Area. Yeah. It's just like not a great place. And uh, I think that impacts the, the the event and and I'd say the crowd. But then again, they had a sellout this past weekend. But um, a place that IndyCar has obviously been at at Auto Club that or nobody showed up. But we'll see if they do indeed do the new configuration, what that looks like. And then speaking of uh, drivers, you talked about Kyle Busch. Another driver I think we'd like to see in the Indy 500, at least in the short term, Sage Karam. His dad tweeted, tweeting last week, Got a top IndyCar team offering to run Sage in the 500. Only need about five years teacher salary and sponsorship. <laughs> Anybody have advertising budget they want to get on an IndyCar? So not Could sure if there's an that, update there. That 34th car. Potentially. From what we we hear is if everything can come together for team driver sponsorship, there will be a 34th. But it is contingent on a lot of money being brought by a driver. And you have to remember... Dry and Reinbold, which still has a second seat available, said they're not bringing Sage back. So did something change there? Is that a possibility? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they couldn't find a... Maybe they had a ride buyer that fell through or something like that. Could be. All right. Time for this week's Random Split Air Driver of the Week. All right. My phone died, so you're going to have to lead this one with John DeVries. 
out of, I think he's from down under. And the reason why he caught my eye, and I think it's 2002 IndyCar, yes. is we have Nick DeVries mm-hmm. uh, competing this year for Formula One full-time with what, Alpha Tauri? See with Alpha Tauri so, this yeah. year? Uh, raced at the Italian Grand Prix last year. So I was wondering, hey, maybe... No, they're not related. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick, De- Nick DeVries is uh, from, um, I think... Australia, yes. Uh, no, John. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. But John DeVries is, is from yeah. Australia. But, Nick DeVries uh, is from Europe, I believe. Correct. Yeah. So John was was with um, who was it? Well, he was with uh, two different teams in two thousand two. So correct? yes, that is correct. Uh, he was with he's from Racing. New South Wales, Australia. So he's from down under. He raced two thousand two in the IRL, and he was with Brayton Racing where he competed at Homestead, 17th, Phoenix, 22nd, Fontana, 23rd, withdrew from Nazareth, did not qualify for the 2002 Indy 500. And that was Lee Brayton's team? Is that what it was? Uh, This would be, yes, Lee Brayton's team from nearby uh, Coldwater, Michigan. And then he raced with PDM, a.k.a. Poor Dumb Mechanics Racing. Yeah, our favorite. Texas, uh, this was Texas 1. He finished 11th, so best finish of 11th, finished 33rd overall in points. There's not really much information no. on him. It's not like he raced somewhere else, anywhere else for a significant amount of time. So he spent his youth in Newport Beach, California, so Southern California. Before starting his racing career, he owned several Subway restaurants in California, uh, first of which was in Corona Del Mar. And then while in Australia, for business reasons, he developed an interest in racing and obviously just kind of took on from there. So he... Withdrew from Nazareth, attempted to qualify for the Indy 500, not among the fastest. Uh, then competed at the Chevy 500 at Texas, his best career IRL finish at 11th. And that was his finer, final IRL race. That was it. So uh, He John spent DeVries. four years in uh, Formula Holden and the Australia Formula Ford Championship as well before huh. that. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, he's a guy that uh, did that one year in IndyCar and... Didn't do anything else, at least in terms, really, of, of major auto sports. So, John DeVries, not related to Nick. You can see Nick on track in Bahrain this weekend in Formula One. Not related, but John DeVries, this week's Random Split Era Driver of the Week. All right. For Justin Kinney, I'm Caleb Hatch. That wraps up our season preview. We'll be back next week to preview, or preview, to recap an actual race. Hey, hey. We'll recap the uh, Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg next week. Thanks for joining us on another edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.